We are very happy to have Evangelist Greg Godwin with us today. We've been in revival since the beginning of the year with Brother Godwin. He's been a tremendous blessing. We're going to continue in revival through this year. Brother Godwin will be with us in and out over the next several months. We're glad that he is here on this Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I want you to know you can have the same resurrected spirit that Jesus Christ had when he came upon that grave. God's given it to every man and woman. Why don't we stand right now? Let's receive the man of God. Would you welcome evangelist Greg Godwin? God bless you. Man. Well, high five somebody around you and tell them you sure look good this morning. Amen. If you got your Bibles, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter number 1. The Acts of the Apostles. And also 1 Corinthians 15. Acts chapter 1 and also 1 Corinthians 15. We'll begin 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 12. Give honor to Bishop. Amen. And to the mother of Israel. I think she's sitting back here with Denise and John and the babies. Come on, yes, let's give the bishop and the mother of Israel a great big hand. Dr. Myers, we appreciate them. Pastor Myers and his wife, I think she's over helping with the Sunday school and the kids. Come on, let's give them a great big hand. Amen. To the choir, don't they look good in these robes? My Lord, y'all look good like you should. Amen. It's just great to be here what a great day for someone's life to be changed. 1 Corinthians 15 and 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be, that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. And ye are yet in your sins. Book of Acts chapter number 1. The former treaties. Verse 1. Have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Until the day in which he was taken up after that through the Holy Ghost. Had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion. By many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I'm preaching this morning on infallible proofs of the resurrection. Infallible proofs of the resurrection. Now would you reach over and get somebody by the hand if it's proper to do so and just kind of lift it up in the air. I want you to pray with them like you want them to pray with you and ask that this Easter will be impacting upon their life while they pray the same thing for you. Would you do it in the name of the Lord Jesus? We pray now that your word would be tailor-made for each person here. The building is full. The Sunday school rooms are full. 
parking lot is full of people hungry for a touch from your power. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would, by your spirit and by your power, touch each one, every circumstance that they're in. Let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that today is more than just a Christian holiday, but it is a celebration of an eternal fact that you live forever. We ask it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord as you're seated. Amen. And you may be seated in the name of the Lord. The Amplified Bible says of Acts chapter 1 and verse 3 that it is by many convincing demonstrations and unquestionable evidences. Infallible is a sure sign or positive proof. German tech New Testament scholar Gerd Lunderman said of the resurrection that it is but an empty formula that must be rejected by anyone that holds a scientific view. When pressed about his opinion of why the grave was empty, his reply was, the body rotted away. Scientific. What any, when did any body of any animal form ever rot away in three days without any evidence? John Dominic Crossan, a prolific Bible scholar at DePaul University, and a former Roman Catholic priest said, the tomb was empty of a body because it was devoured by wild dogs. Whoever saw any kind of an animal devoured in three days with no evidence left over. Proof to the Greeks, it was a repugnant, idea or thought to assume that a dead man could live. To the Jews, the very idea of the resurrection was blasphemous. To proclaim that a crucified criminal was the Messiah, now he was miraculously alive, was to blaspheme. Mystical stories, they call it. An embarrassment to the modern mind a disservice to the itinerant preacher from rural Galilee. Who was this man? Why was he here? Is he just a religious figure? Is he just some icon and hero made out of a day of some certain period of time? Hebrews 10, 1 and 3 said of the things in the Old Testament that the law was a shadow of good things to come. Not the very image. It could never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers unto it perfect for there would not have been or there would have been ceased to have been a sacrifice because that the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins with the annual offering up of blood sacrifices. But in those sacrifices, there was remembrance again made of sins every year. Sin is bad enough, but 
Let us be real today and say and admit that it is the remembrance of sin. That is the pain. The offering of these sacrifices could not purge the conscience. But verse 5 of Hebrews 10 said, Sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not but a body. Thou hast prepared me. The body would be, according to the rest of the chapter, would be the offering up of that body. Who was he? Paul said he was the likeness, the image of his person. The express image of his person which literally is the radiance of his glory he is the exact representation of his nature Colossians 2 and 9 he is the image stamp the profile of the invisible God he is according Colossians 1 and 15 the fullness of God in bodily form he is God who is spirit John 4 24 now Visible by flesh. He is the invisible that is now visible. He is the abstract that is now concrete. He is the God of Genesis. Now walking the shores of Galilee. He was in character holy and righteous. He was good and faithful. True and just. He was without guile and sinless. Spotless and innocent. Harmless. He would resist temptation. He would be obedient, zealous, and meek. He would be lowly in heart, merciful, patient, long-suffering, compassionate, loving and forgiving. Who was this man? He was the divine, the son of God. He was the everlasting father. He is the firstborn, the first begotten. He is the image of God. He's the blessed of God. Who is this man hanging on a tree? He is the mediator, the Meshach, the one that would be the visible representation of a God that had never been seen. He would, he would be the body that was prepared. He is a prophet, a priest, and a king. He's a judge and a shepherd. He's the head of the church. He's the true light. Who is this man? He is the foundation of the church. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's celebrated by the redeemed. That's why we're here. And he's revealed in the gospel. He's a friend of the friendless. He's a doctor in a sick room and a lawyer in a courtroom. He's, he's a bridge over troubled water. He's a rose of Sharon. He's a royal diadem. Come on, somebody. Who is this man? He's a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. Who is this man? He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. Who is this man? He's the one that stands in the middle of the golden candlesticks. Who is this man? He's the oil that flows from candlestick to candlestick. Who is this man? He is the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. He is a comforter. He's the father of lights. He's the God of heaven. He's the God of hosts. He's the holy one. Who is this man? He's the holy one of Israel. Who is he? He's the I am that I am. He's Jehovah. He's a king of kings. He's a living God. Who is that man? He's the Lord of hosts. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. I hope I got a preaching church on Easter. Who is that man? He is the mighty God. Oh, I don't think you heard what I said. He is the mighty God.
Confucius may have been religious. Baal may have been religious. And Buddha may have been religious. But Jesus is the mighty God. The mighty God. He's a king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the God most high. He's a most high God. He's the Father. He's the Son. And He's the Holy Ghost. He is Jesus. He is eternal. He's the author of the new birth. He inspired the scripture. He's a source of wisdom, miraculous power, anoints and sins and ministering spirits. He dwells in the saints. He's the comforter of the church. He's like water. He's fertilizing, refreshing, and cleansing, abundant and freely given. He's like fire, illuminating, purifying, and searching. He's like wind, powerful, reviving, independent, sensible in its effects. He's like oil, concentrating, comforting, illuminating, healing. He's like the rain, and he's like dew, refreshing and abundant. He's like the dove, gentle. He's a voice, guiding, speaking, and warning. He's a seal of authentication, securing. Who is that man? He is Savior. He is healer. He is deliverer. Who is this man? Is he just an itinerant preacher? No. Is he just some wild man trying to create some religious following? Is he a man that has just duped humanity for the last 2,000 years? You've walked into a church today that wants to, you to know beyond the shadow of a doubt. He is not the figment of our imagination. He is not just some moral creed that we keep along with all the other odds and ends that make up our total creed. He's, he's not just some idea we've concocted in our mind. He's lifted us when we were down. He's corrected us when we were wrong. He's healed us when we're sick. I hope I got a preaching church. Come on, if you ain't ashamed of him, you need to elbow somebody and say, that's my God he's talking about. Come on, young people, you need to tell somebody, that's my ashamed of him on Easter. Amen. Call him what you will, but I call him brother. I call him sister. I call him savior. I call him I am that I am. Come on, somebody ought to throw your hands up in the air and really praise him. Woo! Come on, you ought to praise him. He's your sustainer. He's your way maker. He's your bridge over troubled water. Come on, touch somebody and tell him he's talking about my God now. I don't want to get too messed up because I look too pretty, but you need to tell him, hey man, he's talking about my God right now. Oh, come on, somebody. This ain't no political convention. We ain't talking about the newest political figure. We're talking about the creator of the universe. And he lives today. He lives. 
then if he is all of that? And why then would he endure such gruesome, barbaric, horrific treatment? Isaiah the prophet gave us a glimpse when he said he would be wounded. For our transgressions. He would be bruised. Bruised is caused by a sudden blow. Bam! He'd be bruised. The blood would rush to the place of impact. Lined up between Roman soldiers. And slapped and beat. Until the rest of Isaiah's prophecy would come to pass. When he said when we beheld him. There would be no form or comeliness in him that we would desire him. Oh, Michelangelo's done his best to cover that. Make him some handsome debonair. Oh, friend. The prophet said when we beheld him, there was no form. It's the same word as in Genesis when the, Satan is cast into the earth and the earth is without form. And boy, it's the exact same word and it literally is... It is a waste place or a desolation. They beat him. They bruised him by sudden blow until his face was a waste place. There was, they didn't recognize him. There was no form nor comeliness in him that we would desire him. Oh, you don't come to Jesus because of the beauty. And we try to make everything nice and the graphic. Every, we try to make it nice. The property's nice. Everything's clean and pristine. But when you really have to look at Jesus, there's not anything pretty about it. When you have to look at salvation, there's not one thing pretty about it. What it took to save a man or save you and I was not pretty. I, I hope I get some more amen. He was beaten and slapped. There was nothing in him beautiful that would make us desire him. No, we don't serve the Lord today because he's beautiful. Or because Calvary was some beautiful, beautiful, dramatic presentation of... No, no, there was nothing beautiful about it. I was sitting on the plane and when Mel Gibson's movie came out, The Messiah, and oh, how... Bloody and graphic it was. And when the lady next to me found out that I was a preacher, she said, Reverend, I've got a question to ask. I said, what's that? She said, why was it so bloody? And as soon as she said it, the verse came into my head because it pleased God to smite me. Calvary, ladies and gentlemen, is God's expression of his displeasure with sin. We're all born in sin and shape and iniquity. And at some point, the, the blood sacrifices of the Old Testament, the lambs, the atonement sacrifices and the scapegoats because the atonement sacrifice was for our sin. But the scapegoat, amen, the priest would lay his head, bloody hand on the head of the, of the scapegoat, symbolic of transferring the sin of Israel over to the scapegoat. They would deliver the scapegoat into the wilderness and turn it loose till it was devoured by the wild dogs. It was symbolic of not just the lamb was slain for our sins, but the scapegoat was delivered 
a way for our sins. So it, it foreshadows that when Christ dies, he will be both lamb and scapegoat. He will die for our sins and he will be delivered for our sins. Come on, somebody. He, he, he will, he, can I preach like I feel? He will be the, in the Old Testament, he will be the priest that offers up the lamb, but he will be the lamb that the priest offers up. Come on, somebody. He will be the scapegoat that the priest lays his hand on that delivers our sins far away. Can I tell you, sin is the problem, but Jesus is your answer. He is your high priest. He is your lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. And he is your scapegoat that was delivered for our sin. I can't get good enough. I can't get churchy enough. I can't get pure enough. Somewhere I have to look at Calvary where it pleased God to smite him. Whipping post tied, whipped with a cat of nine tails. Broken pieces of bone woven into the leather with separated by an iron ball served to tenderize the back and the bones like razors to not just cut but to catch and claw and tear. 39 stripes save one. By his stripes we are healed. It don't matter what you're wrestling with. It don't matter if it's blood disease. It don't matter if it's cancer. It don't matter if I feel the Holy Ghost now. Amen. It don't, it don't matter if it's high sugar, low sugar, no sugar. Come on, somebody. Amen. All I got to do is look towards Calvary and call on the name of Jesus. The same blood that'll save you is the same blood that'll heal you. I feel like preaching. Oh, come on. He can heal over to rheumatoid arthritis. Come on, somebody. He can heal kidney disease. He can, he, can heal, he can heal any kind of disease. Why? Because he was wounded for our transgressions. And by his stripes we are healed. Come on, if there's somebody in here needs a healing, you ought to throw your hand up in there and say, I plead the blood right now. I plead the blood right now. He can open deaf ears. He can heal you of oppression. He can heal you of Parkinson's. He can heal you of oppression. Touch somebody and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. The believer shall lay hands on the sick. Touch. You need to find a believer. I hope you're sitting by a believer. You just need to touch them and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Oh, well, I don't know about all that. Oh, I do. How do you know, preacher? Because he was hung high and he was stretched wide. That's it, mama. Go ahead and get what you want to get. We'll take time out for you. Come on, y'all got time for granny to get a miracle? Some of y'all to praise the Lord and honor your faith with her faith. Come on, somebody. Talking in tongues, getting the Holy Ghost right now. Well, it's real, it's real, I know it's real. The prophet went on to say the chastisement of our peace was upon him 
friend of mine pastors in a town of nearly half a million. The doctor told him there, he said, Reverend, we got problems in the city. He said, why? He said, over 60% of this metroplex is on antidepressants. He said, our city doesn't have any peace. Can I remind somebody, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Everybody's done something you wish you hadn't have done. Everybody's went somewhere you wish you hadn't have went. Everybody's lived, I wish I had some honest folks. Everybody's lived the way you could live over. Come on. Amen. And it's what I've done that keeps me from having peace. But when I look at Calvary, not only do I get healing, not only are my transgressions taken care of, but I get peace at Calvary. Come on, somebody. In fact, can I tell you, he was wounded with 72 thorns in his head. Why? For all of the psychosomatic problems we got in our thinking. He was wounded from his head. Calvary can heal you of depression. Calvary can heal you of oppression. Calvary can heal you from suicide thinking. I wish I had a preaching church. I feel like pulling somebody out. I feel like somebody needs to help me push. Oh, come on. This ain't just some little religious holiday. Hey, man, it's more than that. It's a fact. 24-7, 365. He lives. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Come on, high five somebody around you and say, he lives, he lives, he lives. Man had sought the stoning, but he hid. Man attempting to make him a king, but he avoided them. The devil tried to tempt him, but he overcame him. It was with divine purpose and power and independence of will that he walked this earth until his journey ended up in Gethsemane's garden. Pilate's hall. Ribbons of trembling flesh hanging off of him from shoulder to heel. Now the patabulum, the cross member, 75 to 150 pounds. His arms wrapped around it and tied to it. Now he carries it, beaten half to death. History reveals that most people at the whipping post died and never got to the cross. But he endured the shame of the cross. He became like a common criminal. A malefactor, which in the Greek is literally a devil. The worst of the worst. But he never did anything wrong. He was led to the slaughter as a lamb. But he opened not his mouth. There was no guile in him. When they said, art thou the Christ? He just looked up long enough to say, thou sayest. Calvary's heel. His cross member is nailed to the vertical post. His feet are nailed face down, one on top of the other. There was no nice, comfortable stand for him. The purpose of Calvary was not about comfort. They would nail his feet face down on that cross. And they would twist him over and nail the left hand through the media nerve, severing it. Fiery pain shooting through his body, pulling his body over. Nailing the right hand. Now science, I got it on, I got it on my iPad. The scientists say of, 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 of a medical examiner say of when they nail him to the cross, it put his back in an S twist. Ribs popped out. Ligaments popped out. But now having survived beating, literally dying from congestive heart failure, bleeding from the inside, drowning 
on his own blood. He chokes trying to get the pain off of his feet. But now he's got to breathe. So his only way he can breathe is to go up. So when he goes up and catches breath, he's now pulling on the nails in his feet and his back down. So it's a life and a death. It's an up and a down. And up. Can I tell you, in an up and down situation, you can hear him say, Father, forgive me. In an up and down situation, you can hear him cry, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, you feel forsaken? So did Jesus, but can I tell you, that means you're at Calvary, and if you're at Calvary, there's a miracle fixing to happen. Come on, somebody, you may die there, but if you die, you will live again. It's in my repentance of the old man when I repent of what I've been doing and repent of what I wish I had to done that I die. Not just some little religious flippant little momentary confession. No. There's a dying to my old man. Hear him as he cries into thy hand. Hear him as he says, it is finished. Can I say to somebody, your struggle would end if you'd just declare it's over. If you'd just say it is finished. If you'd quit fighting God. If you'd quit fighting. You gotta quit fighting about your past. He ain't worried about your past. He took care of that at Calvary. He just needs you to accept what's already done. Come on, I said he just needs you to accept what's already done. You need to quit running from your past. Uh, come on, you're 45 years old, running from something happened when you were 15. Hey man, I don't make light of it, but I've come to say welcome to Calvary. It shuts the door on your past, but it opens the door on a future. Grab somebody next to you and say, shut the door on your past. Shut the door on your past. is this man? He is God manifested or revealed in flesh. He's not one God of many gods. He's not one God doing the work while other two gods don't do anything. He is God. Elohim. God of plurality and majesty. Full of power and might. Manifested in flesh. Can I tell you, and I feel this, he is a just judge. Let me tell you why God's a just judge. Because God did not stay away from this earth. He did not stay away from our humanity. He did not stay away from our temptations. What kind of God could judge us if he had never been through what we've been through? What kind of God could stand up in a judge's seat and say, I judge you when he'd never been tempted, when he'd never been mocked, when he'd never been tried. But when you look at Jesus, he is God. He's been mocked. He's been ridiculed. And he said, I understand. I'm touched by the feelings of your infirmity. It was God manifest in flesh.
with compassion. He will say to you like he said to the woman caught in the act of adultery. Woman, where are thine accusers? She said, they're not here. He will say to you, neither do I condemn thee. Condemnation is different than conviction. Conviction says, you're guilty. But come here, I love you. Condemnation says, you're guilty. Now get out of here. It's condemnation that hurts, but it drives you away. Conviction hurts, but it calls you close. Ah, come on, somebody. Amen. You need to know something. He ain't angry at you. Amen. You're a man. You're a woman. You're going to sin. But you need to come to Calvary. Amen. Where he died for the sins of not just you, but the whole world. Oh, that should have been, I see some of you church folks ain't clapping. He died for your holy sins and your religious sins and your tail-bearing and your gossip. He died for that. Buddha didn't do that. Muhammad didn't do that. You ain't gonna say amen and I ain't afraid. I said Buddha didn't die for nobody's sin. Muhammad didn't die for nobody's sin. Confucius didn't die for nobody's sin. Baal and Molech didn't die for anybody's sin. Holy Jesus died for the sins of everybody. Red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. nobody mad but it is what it is Jesus is the savior of the world only Jesus was wounded for our transgressions only Jesus was bruised for our iniquities only Jesus bore the chastisement of our peace only Jesus can offer healing He was struck with a rod. He was lacerated, perforated, pierced with a spear. He's your savior. He died as a fact. He didn't die till he said, I'm done. They could have shot him with an Uzi. The power of life and death is in the tongue. As long as he kept talking, he kept living. Touch somebody and say, that boy's preaching right now. Come on, look at some. I know you look good, baby, but tell somebody, hey, man, he's preaching now. Whoa, some of you didn't do it. I know you look too pretty and don't want to get sweaty, but I take you to Calvary. You need to break a sweat. Amen. If you didn't know what no Calvary, you couldn't be pretty. If there wasn't no Calvary, you couldn't even smile now. But it's Easter Sunday, somebody. And he died, but he got up. Somebody needs to let your neighbor know he lives. Woo! I said he lives. 
Oh, I know, I know. See, I'm trying to be nice. We got guests, and I'm trying to have house rules. But some of you say people are bugging the fire out of me right now. Hey, man, you need to let somebody know he lives, and I ain't ashamed about it. Come on, they're going crazy in the ball games. It's church time. Our Savior lives. Dolphins never saved anybody. Red Sox never saved anybody. But Jesus can save anybody. Three people say, I am not ashamed. Woo! Of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Woo! Somebody ought to just do a little praise dance. Oh, when I think of the goodness and all he's done for me. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel like having real church now. Yeah, when I remember what I was and I see what I am. It wasn't because I'm somebody. It's because he was somebody. Romans 4 and 25 said he was delivered for our offenses. Romans 5 and 6, he died for the ungodly. Verse 8 of chapter 5 said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. He didn't wait for us to get good. He said, I'm going to die for you when you're causing me offense. He said, well, I'll get good and then I'll get God. You can't do that. You, your own goodness is as filthy rags. Only way you can get goods, get God. I'm telling you, I feel like preaching this morning. You need to look at somebody and say, You get God, you can get good. Verse 10 of Romans 5 We are reconciled to God. Why? Because sin separated man from God. But it also separated God from man. The great separation. Sin is our problem. Color's not our problem. Can I just preach like I feel? It's all this resurrection of racism and all this crazy ignorance. The last place we ought to have all that's in the church. Because I'm going to tell you straight up now, now, for all you guess, I'm a black man trapped in a white body. I like groove in my stuff. These were good songs, but there wasn't much groove in it. Even that one that had groove, y'all couldn't put no groove in it, but it's all right. Hey, man, I like some bottom in my stuff. Hey, man. Hey, man, but now, now, you got to understand that, that Pookie ain't prejudiced, but I'm just about tired of everybody hollering about prejudice this and prejudice that. If you'll go to Calvary, it's level ground, and ain't but one color, it's red. If we could get America back in Calvary, we could handle a bunch of prejudice-ness. If we could get policemen in Calvary and doctors in Calvary and human society in Calvary, we could fix some mess. He died for the sins of the whole world. 
man that separated man from God and God from man and man from man. Sin causes discord and confusion. But Peter said in the body of Christ was not just the fullness of God. But he bore in his body the sins of the world. From Eve's disobedience and Adam's following. To Cain's murder of his brother. Israel's backsliding and backsliding. I said it this morning. Israel, God's earthly people, backslid so much. He called them a backsliding heifer. They, they kept on backsliding until he finally told the prophet Jeremiah. He said, you need to get away from it. He said, she's a wild ass. And she puffeth her nose at the wind. But he just kept coming back for them. Because the person is not the problem. Sin is the problem. You need to touch somebody next to you and say, ain't nothing wrong with you. Now, some of you ain't helping me. You need to look at your neighbor and say, ain't nothing wrong with you. Ain't nothing wrong with you. You're just human. Come on. Hey, man, if we're all, look at him. Say, we're all born in sin. We're all shaping in iniquity. Iniquity is just a fancy word for self-willed. We all into it for ourselves. All want what you ain't going to help me, but I'm going to preach anyhow. We all want what we can get out of it, only what we can get out of it. Walk on who we got to walk on so I get who I got to get. It's sin, and we were born in sin, and we were shaping iniquity. I ain't the problem. It's the iniquity, and it's the sin. But I take it at Calvary. He died for the sins of the whole world. I know I'm repeating myself. You are not the problem. Sin is the problem. You need to tell somebody like you believe it. You ain't no problem. Some of you didn't say nothing. You need to look at your neighbor and say, I got to elbow you because the preacher said. Some of y'all ain't going to do it. That's all right. I, I, I feel sorry for some of y'all sitting by deadheads, and I don't mean our guests. I'm talking about saved folks that after two months of revival, they still ain't moving. But just fake it. Elbow a saved person and say, you might be the problem, but I ain't. Oh, I feel like preaching in here. Come on, somebody. Hey, man, you ain't sin as a problem. But I take you to Calvary 2,000 years ago. He bore in his body the sin of the whole world. He died. He died for sin. But on the third day, he told him, You destroyed this temple, this body, this theos in the Greek, this dwelling place of the Shekinah. He said, And I will raise it up in three days. He even used, he said, Even as Jonah was in the belly of the whale. Three days. So shall the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth. And I'm coming up. He died. Everybody say, that's my repentance. I die in repentance now. I repent. I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things. 
haven't pleased God. I hadn't even pleased myself. But I repent. I turn from my old way. That's what Calvary is. Calvary died for the old man. But then because he died, they buried him. So now because you die in repentance, you are buried with Christ in baptism. You are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? For the remitting of sin. Remember, lamb died for sin. Scapegoat was delivered for the sin. He took our sins away. So in repentance, I repent, he forgives. But in baptism, I take on the ministry as if it were of the scapegoat where I partake in the taking away of my sins in water baptism. So now I am buried with Christ in baptism. How am I baptized? Peter said in Acts chapter 2 and 38, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? For the remitting of your sins. Washing away, moving. Isaiah said, though your sins will be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. How does that happen? You repent and you are baptized in the name of Jesus. The blood is in the name of Jesus. When you are baptized in water, in the name of Jesus, the blood is applied to your record and your sins are washed away. You say, how far? So far God can't remember them anymore. said he can't remember him anymore I've said it here before and I gotta close I've said it here before when we sang in quartet when brother pastor and I went to Bible school I sang in a quartet and we'd set up our little PA system and we'd sing and we'd warm up on and I don't like country music because well you just gotta hit every note about an eighth off in your country you ain't gotta hit a pure note nowhere on country you just kinda sing through your nose and you country kind of bounce all around the notes and we had a song that was country we said what sins are you talking about they had to listen close for a good note there was a couple in there but I just bumped them and put I didn't want to make it too good I don't remember them anymore it's a song about saved persons keep coming back to the altar crying over the sins that they've been forgiven of and been baptized in Jesus' name. They've been washed away. You just keep the shame of your past. Just keeps on dogging you, trading you. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. And the song says, what sins are you talking about? I don't remember what you're talking about. Now, you've got to understand that God is omnipotent, all-powerful. He is omnipresent everywhere. But he's also omniscient, which means he knows everything. But when you repent and you are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood is applied, he washes your sins so far away that an all-knowing God can't remember it. Oh, some of y'all act like you ain't never done nothing. But I remember June 29th, 1978 when I was baptized in Jesus' name and he has forgotten all about my sin. And I close, but the writer said in 1 Corinthians, if he be not risen, you are yet in your sins. If he didn't come alive, you're still guilty. If he didn't come back to life, we're still lost. If we didn't come back to life, your faith in whatever you believe is in vain. And for me, if he didn't come back alive, my 
first of all, we are yet in our sin. Thus the attack of science and philosophers and people with the new worldview to attack the resurrection, to belittle it now. 170-something Christians murdered simply by saying, are you a Christian? I am. Bam. It's happening all over the world. Christians trying to stamp out Calvary. Trying to stamp out the significance of the cross. Trying to undermine and belittle every stripe he took. Trying to minimize being in a grave for just three days. One psychiatrist said that the reason the disciples were hollering about there was a resurrection was that they were suffering from a post-Christ syndrome. It's all an attack to keep you in the mess. Paul said, if he's not alive, you are in your sin. So do we have proof of his resurrection? Luke 24, 13. He appeared to two men on the road to Emmaus. He began to explain things to them. He beginning at Moses. Began to explain things. They still didn't know who he was. I'm done. It was not till he sat down at the table and he took bread. He started blessing it and breaking it. That their eyes were enlightened. Because they knew it was him the way he broke the bread. Can I tell you, there's some things you can only know about God in your breaking situations. You can know a lot of stuff religiously and theologically, but if you've never entered into his breaking, it's when they saw him break bread that they knew him. When the ladies got to the grave to anoint his body, there was an angel sitting on the rock. He said, what y'all need? He said, we've come to anoint the body of our Lord. He said, he ain't here. Why seek you the living among the dead? He's not here like he said. He told y'all he wasn't going to be here. Angels are proof. Two men on the road to Emmaus are proof. He appeared to the eleven. They came back and told Thomas who wasn't there. He said, I won't believe unless I see him. I want to put my hands in his fingerprint. My fingers in his, in his nail prints and in his side. A few days later, they're all 12 together. Jesus shows up. Thomas. Thomas. It's me. When he turned around, he said, behold my hands. I see him pull back his robe. He said, Thomas, my side. Thrust in your hand. You want to believe? Come stick your hand in my side. 
Thomas fell to the ground, not touching a print, not putting his hand in his side. And he said, my Lord and my God. Thomas the doubter was not a bad man. He wanted proof. He appeared to 500 brethren at one time. He appeared to Cephas. He appeared to James and then all the apostles. Paul said, last of all, he was seen of me. Infallible proofs. Eyewitnesses to the resurrection. Peter and John ran to the grave when the women came back and said it was empty. Peter ran in, came out, and the Bible said he left wandering. John went in and he saw the same stuff. And he walked out believing. Here's the situation after all this saying and all of this preaching and all this preparation. How will you leave this morning? Wondering or believing? Hear the same message. Hear the same songs. Hear the same Bible verse. Feel the same touch of God. But can I tell you the greatest Revelation, infallible proof, Romans 8 and 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies. The greatest proof of the resurrection. Come here, Abraham. Right here on second row. It's a second service and I've pulled him out in front of everybody. Amen. We ain't ashamed of you. You ain't got nothing to be ashamed of, baby. Wednesday night, the Holy Ghost raised this young man out of mess. We're glad you're here. And it's proof that Jesus lives. Stand with me because when you get the Holy Ghost, it is the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Grab somebody's hand. Come on, get her by the hand. Get her by the hand. Come on, get them. Get them. Triple up. Triple up. That's all right. Triple up. When you get the Holy Ghost, it's not Pentecostal dogma. It's not a Pentecostal idea. Sin is your problem. Sin is my problem. So what I do is I die in my repentance. I'm buried in water baptism. But when you get the Holy Ghost, you are raised to walk in newness of life. And if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold all things. Passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Resurrection Sunday is not just a holiday for Jesus' people. It's a time where we really focus on the facts of life. Lift that neighbor's hand up right now. Oh, I feel him in here. Whew. Come on, on your pew. I hope you got somebody plugged in. Come on. When the Holy Ghost comes, you will have evidence. You will speak with other tongues.
as the evidence of that infilling. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He's not here. He's not in the world. He's not in the dead things. He's not in the parties. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He lives. Oh, hands are up, hands are up. These altars are open. The piano is playing softly. Easter Sunday, you need to make a brand new start and get as close as you can to this altar. Come on. Everybody, just come as quick as you can. Just come. Bring the person with you. Come as close as you can right now. You can come and you're going to repent of your sins. Say, God, I need you to forgive me. These first three months of the year, I had done exactly what I wanted to do and I knew I did some stuff I shouldn't have done. Come on. Even in the back. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You need to come all the way down. All the way down. Come on. All the way down. We got ministers that are going to help you pray. Come on. Don't sing yet. Don't sing yet. Come on. 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 Just pray Come on. All the way down. All the way down. If you need a healing in your body, I want you to come right now. The same cross event heals. The same cross event delivers. The same cross event saves. Hands are lifted up all over the building. Eyes are closed. We're going to repent together. You can repeat it after me or you can say it in your own words. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of everything I've done. Everything I've thought. What I've done that displeased you. What I've done willfully. What I've done unknowingly. I want you to forgive me. I want you to forgive me of my sins. Come on now, hands up. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to say that in your own words. God, forgive me. Give me a brand new start. Come on, come on. I see husbands and wives praying. Come on, resurrection was a new life. It was a new beginning. It was a new day. Come on, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, forgive me. Forgive me for running away. Forgive me for ignoring you. Forgive me for just acting like you're not even around. Forgive me. Come on, all over the building. Everybody, I'll lift your hands up and your head back and just say, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me. Come on, mean it, mean it, mean it. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Forgive me, forgive me. Now, he's going to make all things new. I want you to keep those hands up and begin to worship him. Some of you are going to begin to receive the Holy Ghost. You're going to feel like your tongue is beginning to lose control. Just let it go. God's going to give you evidence. He makes all things new. Come on, all over the building. Follow you forward. Come on, everybody in the building, find somebody to pray with you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You make all things new. And I lift your hands up. Come on, praise him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, lift your head up. There's nothing to be ashamed of now. 